You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, hour number two of three. Last week of February, Keith, does it uh, even seem real that we are already nearly now three months into the new year? I tell you, one-fourth of the way through the year. Is it that much already? I guess it would oh, be. Well, I, do you have to get through the third month before you can count that, or is it just at the beginning of the third month? We'll count the number of days sometimes. <laughs> Well, in any event, we're still waiting for any manner of unrest and uncertainty heading into this uh, pivotal election year. And I was talking with Sam Dixon earlier today. Uh, I'm letting, uh, just bringing this up uh, to allow our uh, producer, the incredible Liz, to uh, make sure, uh, troubleshoot our guest. And uh, it looks like we're still working on that. And Liz, if we have to get him on the phone as opposed to the uh, hands-free version, that that's fine. Uh, but that uh, actually caused me to lose my train of thought. Sam Dixon. Uh, yeah, oh, talking to Sam train Dixon. Train of thought is jump the track. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Dixon earlier today talking about the election year. And I said, you know, I guess in some ways if Trump wins, you know, a lot of our people are going to be placated. And he said, well, we really win either way if if he uh, certainly not demoralize the left so much. Well, I think certainly if, regardless of what he does, if Trump is still in the picture, you're going to have that four years of chaos that the media will manufacture. That's going to further polarize things. And uh, if if he loses, it's just going to get so bad it's going to increase the polarization. So in that way, I think yes, we really can't he, lose. The thing about uh, Trump is he could be the second coming of Joe Biden, but it would discombobulate. The left to such an extent that they would just, you know, go haywire. So if your opinion is good for us is what mine is, and that is we have no future on this continent under the current trajectory and that our only hope for salvation, uh, barring some deus ex machina type of redemption is secession. Well, then how do you get there? Increased polarization, increased friction. Trump can certainly provide that by just breathing. But even if he loses and is taken off the board, it's just going to get so bad with the Democrats stacking the courts and just everything else that they'll have uh, under their thumbs for us that I think the polarization is going to increase either way. We'll and that's that's what Sam's alien, point. We'll have such an alienated nation of uh, people from red versus blue states that it will never be the same. Well, it's already getting it's already I think past the point of no return. Some people may not realize that yet. But anyway, let's get to our featured guest of the evening. Jason Kuna is back and he is a lifelong advocate for white well-being. He is the creator of the Go Free Practice, the author of 5 books, an international speaker and content creator on more than 10 flat uh, platforms, excuse me. He proudly represents the white well-being activist oriented community and we'll get him to plug all of his websites and contact information, and there's a lot of them. But let's first say hello again and welcome, Jason. How are you tonight, my friend? Oh, I couldn't be happier. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I, I couldn't be more excited. I listened to the first hour of the show and uh, really delighted for the totality of what we refer to as the white sympathetic sphere, those who are in the explicit, those who are willing to acknowledge that uh, race is at the heart of this, that we are under attack because we are born as white people, and that there's no way to escape that by way of abstractions like the rest of conservative America, 
things that you can do. And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing lower attendance at CPAC. But I first want to say a huge congratulations uh, to uh, you, James, and Keith, and the 20 years. I am just absolutely amazed. Thank, thank God you all have been hard at work. Thank you so much for your service to white well-being, our people, the Southland. Uh, and uh, God bless you. And a big salute and uh, celebration to your totality of your audience who, you know, by pushing as they've been pushing year after year, have uh, helped to influence, putting their shoulder into it, helped to influence this changing dialogue, these changing locutions that we are seeing across the totality of the conservative movement. This is really what it is, is the resistance to our victimization, the resistance to anti-whiteism. So a big uh, thank you so much for your service and congratulations to, uh, to the show and to everybody in the audience. Well, thank you so much for that, Jason. And I got to say, it's uh, really a little bit disconcerting to realize how quickly those 20 years have passed. But I want to say this to reciprocate, but in all sincerity, thank you for being part of the story for all of those years. You know, I have known you for as long as this show has, has, has been, and you have certainly you know, just done a, a, a lot of incredible work in your own right uh, that, have, that has run parallel and complementary to what we're all doing here as a collective. And I think that is something that we want to talk about. Keith, you had a, a when we were talking with Jason and Q before the show got started tonight, uh, before this hour rather got started tonight, you had something that I wanted you to. Well, it's basically this, that uh, CPAC's loss in membership is basically our gain. I really, you know, I don't want to put, throw uh, cold water on this, but I don't think any of us really did much more than just make available uh, an alternative voice for what a lot of people have been thinking and speaking about for years. Uh, uh, you know, for example, James went to a conference down in Florida recently, and people came up to him and said, oh, he said, you know, I've been thinking just like this for years. I've, I've been, you're the first person I've heard or something. See, there are a lot of people we haven't reached yet, but they, what we're saying, what you're saying, what we're saying, what others in our sphere are saying is just common sense. And people ha have been hungering for common sense on racial issues for ages. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely unquestionable. And I think the service that you and, and James are providing your audience, especially over the totality of the arc of these two decades, uh, is invaluable. And uh, they, I know that there's a, an entire community that really appreciates you both. And uh, I just want to underscore the importance of that value that, that you provide to the community and then their ability to go out and, and echo and magnify these topics, these stories, and a different perspective than is controlled by Big Con Inc. And that is CPAC. You know, that, that is all of these different organizations that we have known heretofore as monolithic and representative of the resistance to our victimization, our victimization as individual white men and women, Westmen, as we like to say, and uh, our countries across the totality of the West. And we have a lot of topics. I mean, there's a lot of things going on now, and in particular, the you know, white erasure and uh, that that being as poignant as it is, so salient as it is, enables a lot of white people to literally see the erasure of ourselves where it didn't it didn't require any longer. It's increasingly not requiring any longer uh, deep thinking or or a high IQ, or the time just to do it. And so many people that we don't have the time because every, every white man working a full-time job is 
has uh, three intruders uh, clinging to his back that he is supporting, in addition to himself, his wife, and his family. We simply don't have the time. Things are getting easier, and people are looking to alternatives. And there is the conservative, uh, the conservative sphere, if you the, the implicit white sympathetic sphere, the, the, the white folk out there and even non-white folk who are conservative-minded and uh, they want the West to remain the West, they want America to remain America, they know they don't they don't uh, they're not baffled about whether or not this is an attack on white people they see every day that it's an attack on white people but to various degrees jason we have a big amen corner and they've just been waiting for something (laughs) to say amen to you know (laughs) i like the way you put that well i mean that's the thing jason would you agree that if our correspondent on the ground who's been there all week Okay, at CPAC. And this is 2024. I mean, this is, uh, as we like to put it, the fight of the century until the next fight of the century. As far as political battle goes, I mean, this is a pretty big one. The rematch between Trump and Biden. I mean, that's getting a lot of play. It's got a lot of uh, people excited or distressed on both sides. A lot of tension. You know, certainly a much bigger game than Bush versus Kerry and Bush versus Gore and, you know, things from that era. Obama versus Romney and McCain. All right. So, but the attendance is down, even though this is a much more media-driven election. Uh, so, I mean, it, would you agree or disagree? And why so in our assumption that the reason why CPAC would be depressed on a year like this with these two particular players in the media fervor being what it is, is because the Republican base has moved beyond what CPAC is offering. And yeah, two people like you. Right. Yeah, besides that, I think it's a really curious point that this year is the biggest of all years of all of our lives because this is the the final chance for uh, a person irrespective of Donald Trump and uh, his his uh, proclivities or inclinations and as a businessman what he'll be able to actually do and etc he is viewed as an outsider and he is kind of a wild card and more importantly what he does for white america is he implicitly makes the average white person think proudly about themselves. They think America, America is ours. America is what we do. And that's the great value that he provides. This is this election coming up is really going to decide everything moving forward to a significant degree. And you're right. The fact that people aren't showing up there is a rejection of Big Con Inc. We are going to great place to leave it, Jason. Jason does it as good as anybody and better than most all. We'll be right back with him, and we're going to pick up right there on that question. Stay tuned. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. 
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Uh, back with Jason Kuna. You can call him the Big Kahuna if you so choose, and I know Keith, you do. <laughs> uh, he is back with us, and I want to pick up. I want to spend just another minute or two on this, Jason, and then we're going to get into some examples. Uh, but again, Big Con, Con Inc. Uh, seems to be increasingly left behind by the Trump base so much so. Uh, that even their standard bearers are moving in the direction of our collective and yeah, of yeah. our shared community. Keith? Yeah, exactly. I think that if you will not talk about this being a racial problem, a white problem, you're going to be like uh, last week's newspaper. It's not going to, you're not going to be part of the conversation that the American people want to have. And I think we've got to welcome these people in. I mean, whether you, you, you it's impossible to handicap the degree of sincerity uh, that these people may have. Maybe they're coming over that, because that's where the base is. There's been this concerted effort for the last 30 years to take people out of the racial zone and to discuss this in other terms. But it's a racial problem, but, uh, first and foremost, and in final analysis. And so when people do come late to the party, Jason, I mean, what do you do? I mean, we're seeing this increasingly. You, you, I, I think my opinion is you have to welcome them regardless of their degree of sincerity because the good news is people like you, people like we feature on this program week after week, year after year for now 20 years, uh, are the reason that they're there. We have moved the base. Our collective has moved the base. You've moved the base. And so when people who were just as recently as three or four years ago in the case of Charlie Kirk were kicking people out of his meetings for saying the things that he's saying now, you have to just pat yourself on the back because you did that. Well, precisely. I mean, this, and I want to make sure that I thank uh, Sam as well, uh, all the hard work that he has Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Sam Bushman, here, here. Yeah, without question, and helping to move that dial over all the years. Uh, really big salute to Sam and everybody working uh, with Sam. The problem has been, of course, when it comes to our victimization by the anti-whites, in, in huge measure is this fear by your basic white person uh, about the social morality. The social morality of our day is this anti-white, immoral, moral imperative. And this is the argument that trumps every uh, logical argument, every reason-based argument, uh, every uh, uh, evidence-based argument, 
It always has and always will. It's based in the retributive or retributive justice against Western kind. And as a consequence, all conservative America does, all, all white people and non-white people who agree with us and would like the country to remain Western, uh, all they do is lose over the totality of their lives. It becomes uh, just more and more patently painful for our people uh, when we see this sort of impenetrable mindset of a, a lot of these conservative big con uh, leaders uh, when they refuse to acknowledge our victimization and they abstractionize it every single time. But when it comes to the victimization of a non-white group, they've got no problem talking about race. So just a quick example is conservative Big Con Inc. Uh, personalities have no problem talking about how the black race is so-called uh, targeted Here we for go. abortions. And, or even, uh, the, even the Asians, even the even Chinese the Asians. and the Indians. Precisely. Not every, it's every a legacy from the civil rights movement, I think, and it's something that I think people realize finally that we've got to throw overboard this sense of white guilt that was engendered in us through mm. the civil rights movement. No white guilt. I mean, mm. that Jason is yes. Mr. No White Guilt. And to Keith's <laughs> point, I mean, yes, I mean, race exists to the Republican Party and, you know, frankly, to the Southern Baptist Convention, as long as mm. it's not the people that are either filling the pews or actually voting Republican, because even at the Republican National the Convention, Charles Murray approach. even at the Republican National Convention and even at the Southern Baptist Convention, you will have breakout groups for every race and ethnicity under the sun, except for the people who are actually there. Jason, back to you. Mm. So race does yeah, exist. Precisely. And, and this, this refusal, this, this refusal to, to acknowledge our own victimization because of this sense that it is immoral to do so, to even identify white people, uh, is what has held back resistance to our victimization. So, for example, you have this Avin Krishna at uh, IBM CEO openly saying that uh, you will be bonused if you only hire non-white people and you will have pay deducted if yes. you hire white people. And conservative Big Con Inc. turns it into an abstraction and says, no, it's supposed to be about uh, merit-based. It's supposed to be best man gets the job. They look at, And then they, they want to open the rule book. Until and they say, see white people winning, and then they say that it's nothing. <laughs> you know, see, it's like that recent uh, non-action by the Supreme Court on the Thomas Jefferson Magnet School in the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. It was all right to talk about it when it was uh, hurting Chinese people, but when they thought that white people might be uh, in, in it, they, ju they just don't want to come out and say we're going to apply merit across the board because they know that if they do that, white people are going to be the net beneficiaries of all this. Well, uh, precisely, and uh, they, certainly when it comes to the conservatives, and, that, and that's an admission by anti-whites, by the way. When they say, like we had uh, a couple of months ago, a, a MSNBC personality, uh, I think it was Reed or something, her name, uh, said that, well, they want to they get rid of these policies that discriminate against white men uh, so that then all of these jobs end up uh, in the hands of white men. That's an admission that here, if here. the playing field is level, that white guys are going to kick ass or kick butt. And uh, when it comes to the conservatives, though, the, the basic conservative uh, out there, you know, just just muddling along, they they feel it is immoral to even mention. Uh, suddenly they'll say things like, it's not about race and I don't see race. And, you know, bottom line is their handicap doesn't prevent 
anti-whites from be, from victimizing us and white people increasingly across America, across the West, indeed, they're, they are noticing this. They're noticing the blanket, uh, blanket discrimination, blatant discrimination, and saying, why aren't you mentioning us? Why aren't you brave enough to mention us while you're mentioning everybody else? So the House of, of the conservative resistance is you know, metaphorically burning down. They're in a liminal stage. And it has a lot to do uh, with numerous factors that we can certainly talk about with the time we have. But the fact that uh, they they continually fail, uh, another big uh, reason for it is a little bit more abstract. But it is that, you know, for the longest time, conservative-minded people in the United States saw the world through the lens of leftists and themselves. And then any alternative to themselves, anything harder than Big Con Inc., was neo-Nazism which they reject out of hand. And this is something that I've argued uh, about for uh, many, many, many years. And we now have the research of Ashley Jardina of uh, Duke and Mason, no friend of the white race. But nonetheless, her research proves us right that there is a massive number of white people, uh, up to 40% in her studies, that have a white identity, a positive, proud white identity. But as soon as you introduce racial animus, as soon as you introduce disliking other groups on the basis of their birth, they disavow that identity and they want nothing to do with it. Well, the kind of concepts that uh, like we are pushing in our community and are being spread uh, generally, uh, the kind of concepts are ones that center our people, that focus on ourselves, that instead of saying uh, this group is bad, it's saying no more victimizing us. And that's the kind of thing that the vast majority of white people can get behind. No more victimizing us. That's why anti-whiteism is so powerful, uh, using anti-white. White erasure, another one of our five key concepts that we push. Anti-white narrative, another one that we push, are easily adopted and work as a curative contagion. People, they take it, they see how useful it is in defense of themselves, and they pass it on. There's much more, you know, to the, 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 the sort of science of it, of how we reclaim our destiny, uh, kind of backing our brothers and sisters into a individual well-being by way of our group's well-being. And that's effectively what these concepts do. But it is the strength that is changing the day. It is, it is the main driver, along with some other things like the, the ineptitude, uh, the scandals out of Big Con Inc. and the continue uh, the continue lo- losses to anti-whites and uh, the anti-white narrative that they simply can't get. I mean, you, and we have what? How many anti-white Jewish people do we need at the head of our resistance to the, our victimization that are all for like ben, little Benny, little Benny? All for our border being wide open. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about you know, who, who cares about the white race? Uh, who cares if America becomes brown? But he will absolutely not permit Israel to become black. He's all for removing the uh, black Jews uh, from the country of Israel, a country that he, for whatever well, reason, know, identifies with. Now you really do. You really got Keith hot and bothered now. I yeah, can tell yeah. you. I'm, I'm looking at him. He's over here well, look, chomping at the bit. Look, Jason, I feel like I ought to be the poster child for uh, white erasure and uh, white uh, uh, victimization. I was born in 1951. When I was 18, 
That was 1969, the first year of affirmative action. I'm now 73, and they still can't bring themselves to disavow uh, uh, affirmative action when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Where'd you want to go to school, Keith, and what happened? Come on. Okay, <laughs> I went to I, I applied to go to Vanderbilt Law School. I had uh, Phi Beta Kappa, and I had 170 out of 180 on the LSAT, and I lost out mm. to a fellow black student that had below a 50 uh, a 150 on the LSAT and a 2-4 grade point average. But so, Ole Miss Law School is still better than Lamar and Owen. Yeah, well, Lamar and Owen doesn't have a law school. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, all I'm saying, though, is this. You know, this has been going on for a long time. This seed has taken a long time to germinate, and I hope we're right on the cusp of seeing a new day when people can actually claim their racial uh, uh, status as victims and do something about it we will be right back fantastic conversation as it always is with jason kuna stay tuned exposing corruption informing citizens pursuing liberty you're listening to liberty news radio USA News, I'm Laura Winters. It's primary day in South Carolina with voters heading to the polls. IVF becoming a campaign issue. Former President Trump campaigning in South Carolina Friday night saying he strongly supports in vitro fertilization. I strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious little beautiful baby. I support it. Vice President Kamala Harris responding, the vice president blaming Trump for Alabama becoming the first state to say that frozen embryos qualify as children under state law. Harris speaking in a video posted online. Donald Trump says that he wants to protect IVF. Don't get distracted from the facts. He literally is the architect of this entire crisis. What happened in Alabama is a direct result of what happened in the United States Supreme Court. Volkswagen recalling 260,000 cars due to a fire risk. USA's John Schaefer with details. The car manufacturer indicates that compact cars in the U.S. might experience a fuel leak from a pump inside the gas tank. The recall affects Volkswagen Golf, Golf GTI, Golf Sportwagon, Jetta, and Audi A3 models that were produced between 2015 and 2020. As of now, no fires have been reported due to the issue. I'm John Schaefer. The Biden administration implementing more than 500 sanctions against Russia in response to the mysterious death of Russian opposition leader Navalny and Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. President Biden saying Russian President Vladimir Putin must face consequences for his aggression. We in the United States are going to continue to ensure that Putin pays the price for his aggression abroad and repression at home. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Attention, this is a public notice from the Social Security Disability Helpline. If you're one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right. If you suffer from physical or mental disability, whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, we can help. 
We'll evaluate your situation and deal with Social Security on your behalf. Best of all, there's no fee until you receive your benefits. Remember, we only get paid if you win your case. There are many reasons and conditions that may make you eligible for disability benefits. Many of them you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call now to get started with your free, no-obligation consultation. 800-362-9337. 800-362-9337. That's 800-362-9337. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Welcome back, everybody. Jason Kuna, our anchor of tonight's program. Thank you, Keith. He is our featured guest of the evening. Learn more at nowhiteguilt.org. Nowhiteguilt.org. There you'll find the welcome message. Everything good in the West is being destroyed. People of all races are suffering. And it's so obvious to the entire world, even, you know, Vladimir Putin in his speech, you know, America today is not the America of 1950s. And as the Bible says, do not be deceived. You shall know them by their fruits. Can a good tree bring forth good fruit? Can a cor- I mean, corrupt fruit. Can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit? Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Look at public education uh, after Brown versus Board of Education. Has that change been good or corrupt fruit? Everything else in society follows in line with this. And nobody in the Republican Party yeah, the guts to talk about. Maybe. Well, they're getting there. And so, well, look, Marjorie Taylor Greene on September 11th of last year called for secession. 
We're going to talk to Jason about this and uh, find out exactly how much good is being done uh, in just a moment. But I want to just continue to read very quickly from nowhiteguilt.org. Um, people of all races are suffering. The destruction is accomplished in the name of retributive justice against white people. Men and women from every walk of life are using the simple. And you know what it is? It's, it's gaslighting, making people feel guilty about something they have no guilt about. That's what the whole civil rights movement was about, making people feel guilty about racial segregation. Racial segregation is natural and normal. Birds of a feather flock together. But again, for some reason, it's just, uh, it's a, Classic case of gaslighting, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, men and women from every walk of life are using the simple go-free method that Jason has uh, come up with in conversations and debates, and they are having victories against this destruction that they never imagined were possible. If you want to learn more, go to knowwhatguilt.org. You can find his books, one of which we've used as a fundraising incentive just a couple of years ago, The Go-Free Show, every a week on YouTube, and it's all right there at knowwhatguilt.org. Jason, back uh, to, to you in this conversation how much are things beginning to change? Now, you can't see all of the change as being readily apparent, but with regard to people beginning to come over to... It's at least being talked about now, where it wasn't even uh, something that you could mention in polite society before, but we haven't won the argument yet. Give us some examples of that, Jason. Well, I can speak directly to, and, th and thank you for sharing uh, my website and, and uh, where folks can find more information about the work that uh, we do specifically in our community. And I'm really proud to be representing uh, my white uh, well-being community today, a number of champions. Uh, I salute them all. Uh, the, world, the world should know their names. That's how, much, that's how proud I am of the work that they're doing. What we do is we target uh, we identify, and then we refer to it as swashing on for swashbuckling to make it a little bit fun. Uh, we identify content creators, and this is to answer your question uh, because it's, it's sort of one and the same in how the, the process, the, the mechanism works. So uh, we have an outreach team, and if folks would like to be a part of that, uh, they can uh, show up on Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we have our go-free gatherings, and you'll look down into the description, and you'll see the link for the outreach team. These are dedicated activists uh, and all donating their time. Nobody's paid. I wish we could. But we identify individuals that, uh, for various reasons, either they have a large audience and there's a possibility that they could end up uh, using the concepts that we swash on them, that we, that we push uh, to them and to their audience. And so what ends up happening is uh, we and the totality of the white sympathetic sphere, everybody out there, everybody in this audience that's listening now who ends up in these audiences and using these concepts that we are sharing here today, uh, what ends up happening is that influences in one of two ways these content creators. Now, we can be easily uh, censored. I mean, we are. I just had, I was literally robbed by uh, the uh, Gemini cryptocurrency exchange. So the, the things that they can do to us are, are just limitless virtually. But we can identify the content creators that are larger, content creators like uh, Dr. Carol Swain, which we've had on, Mark oh, Dice, yes. uh, Nicholas DeSanto, international conservative comedian, we've had him on, uh, uh, and uh, Representative Dr Josh Shriver, a, a huge uh, victory. We celebrated uh, to the heavens. He was attacked in, uh, what was it, uh, Michigan? He was attacked. He's a representative in the state. 
uh, and uh, just sort of milquetoast sort of response, attacked as a neo-Nazi and everything. We immediately moved into his uh, thread and uh, wrote private messages to him. He, he responded to the private messages and then immediately was using white erasure. In mm-hmm. his, now, this is a guy, by the way, this is a guy, by the way, who has said that there's only one race, the human race, and there are, there are, so there are no individual races and this sort of thing. <laughs> now he's talking about uh, you're white erasing us, and that's something that everybody can – we've been uh, Jack Posobiec uh, completely changing the way he uh, discusses our yes. victimization. Uh, Elijah Schaefer, Ashley St. Clair, Matt Walsh, Donald Trump Jr. We have saying anti-white, anti-whitism, white right. erasure. Hold on right uh, there. Because, Jason, so much credit has to be given to you on this, and I have to be frank about that. Anti-white, I mean, you were doing that before we were doing that. Bob Whitaker was doing it in the mid-2000s. There were some other people doing it. But white erasure, you know, that that term anti-white, I mean, we were always pro-white on this program, of course, but the term anti-white, I mean, you were a pioneer in that. White erasure, that I think you could trademark. I don't know of anyone who did that before you. Well, and Jason now, has a lot of bon mots like he that. He really does. He has his own vernacular. Uh, vernacular. Yeah, or, I mean, he, he, vocabulary. he does. And, and, it, and it is very positive, and there's a whole method behind it. You've got to go to nowhitegilt.org to learn more. We don't have the time to cover it here. But white erasure. But I've got to get to... And we'll give the latest example from InfoWars in just a moment. But the fact that Charlie Kirk has come so far in just the last four years from mm-hmm. kicking people out of his meetings for bringing up race topics like we're discussing right now to on Martin Luther King Day of this year doing a very wonderful uh, article and uh, exposition on who Martin Luther King really was. I mean, how do you account, Jason, for that radical amount of trans, uh, transformation, transformation in four years? It's, a, it's, it's the work of your audience. It's the work of uh, our outreach team and, and solo activists as well that are involved. Putting pressure on, and, and, and it's a positive pressure, on content creators, on people who are going to talk about sociopolitical matters vis-a-vis our victimization, uh, compels them. For example, when we reach out and we very pointedly, very specifically, calculatingly uh, incorporate anti-whiteism, white erasure, anti-white narrative into questions so that they are written in a way that it's assumed that everybody talks this way. You should know this too. Uh, it, this makes perfect sense. That's one of the angles. The other angle is the swashing through the audience. So what's happening for people, uh, like you're talking about Jack Posobiec and and, uh, others, what's happening for them is the locution that the locutions that their audience is using is changing. And it's changing in a way that they can adopt and must adopt in order to continue to speak the same language of their audience or run the risk of losing some of that audience. So you can't go into their audiences and say a bunch of nasty things about other races of man and believe that others in the audience or enough are going to take it up and then uh, that cause the content creator to change the way he or she discusses our victimization because there are there are other forces at work either behind them. It could be pay. It could be censorship, et cetera, that are going to prevent them from adopting such 
locution, such a lexicon, such dialectics. But when you share ideas, and like as we're seeing across all of these uh, people's chats, when you share ideas that are based in love, based in a, a focus on us, based in a demand to end our victimization, they are able and, in fact, they must adopt the language of their audience or run the risk of losing them. And that's right. why we're seeing Yes, yes. That's what, Jason, pardon the interruption, my friend, but that's where we're at now. And you can see it. It is observable in real time how much, not just our own collective, our own cause, our own movement has moved. I mean, we've, we've always been there. I can't even say that we've necessarily moved. But the conservatism incorporated is moving because they have to keep up at the base. Now, here I well, say well, this. Here, let me say this quickly before we get off the topic. It's the 800-pound gorilla on the living room sofa that the conservatives have been endeavoring for uh, probably about 70 years to have nobody notice. Well, it's been noticed. And when people actually hear people speaking about it and legitimizing it, I mean, it's like uh, a breath of fresh air to them. Well, here's what I know. Uh, now more than ever, I feel as though, Jason, conditions are becoming favorable for our movement to make massive gains. Uh, you couldn't have done this one or two decades ago when we first got started. Uh, but people like you and I and Keith and everybody who's interviewed on this program year after year have faithfully and arduously toiled in the vineyards. And I think the fruits of our shared labor are now beginning to present themselves. Tall oaks from Little Acorns Grove. Holding the line without compromise. Uh, and it was a, a lonely assignment for a long time. But the dam is beginning to break. And I look forward to uh, uh, years of advancement together. And, uh, of course, a lot of people have been responsible for that. But what you're seeing now, Jason, is the fact that some of the things which used to be taboo and used to only be discussed in our circles have now entered into the mainstream conservative consciousness over just the past couple of years. Issues like nationalism, secession, journalists being the enemy of the people, abolishing the FBI, black on white crime, the great replacement, the term anti-white, uh, white advocacy in general, things like opposing affirmative All action. All the negatives that come from expanding the influence of black people and reducing the influence of white people in our institutions, in our politics. In our daily life, all of the, all of this, up to and including uh, attacking the SBLC and the ADL, Jason, any of those things that I just rattled off, you wouldn't have seen two, three, four years ago. Now you're seeing it not just from talking heads like Charlie Kirk and Matt Walsh at Al, uh, but from sitting United States congressmen. I mean, this is a pretty substantial transformation. Sea change. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is a, a sea change. And uh, I was getting really inspired there, James, when you were, especially when you said years of advancement together. I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to that because we the argument of uh, worse is better. It, the reality is that it's never better. We can look to the cities. We can look to Rhodesia. We can look to South Africa. It's never better unless there is an escape, unless there are tools that we can use to change the destiny that anti-whites have written for us that we're seeing in this uh, Google AI generator, uh, Gemini <laughs> uh, image generator, uh, where they're, they're quite literally the AI just reflecting what its owners wanted to do, already completely white erasing the white race. So their outcome is, is uh, visible there, and the celebration so of that outcome... If they leave it normal, it does, you know... White race comes out loud and clear as being superior. So 
that's they have to work assiduously to try to stop what is natural and normal. Or if not superior, AI. at the very least, existing, which even is then has a bridge too far for them. Precisely, James. That's exactly what it is. It, Anti-whiteism and all of these afterbirth uh, ideologies or names that they give it, whether you know it's, it's DEI or DIE, as we like to say, or any of these others, <laughs> they, they all are, at their root, anti-white. They all victimize us in various ways. And we, I, one of the things that, that I continually uh, argue is that our expression onto the world is this Western culture. Western culture produces Western civilization, i.e. the countries that we have given names to with our, these invisible borders, unfortunately too invisible nowadays, but uh, these invisible borders that we <laughs> Touché. created. These, these, these creations. These are, the best, uh, these are the best civilizations there are, undoubtedly, and everybody acknowledges that, and they acknowledge it with their feet by coming here. Well, I mean, it's very clear that uh, that's the case, that uh, so much of the world points their feet toward the countries that we produce. But the bottom line is that if we view, if we begin to view, and I think this is, this is part of the trend of where we are moving as a people, viewing that what we produce, what we project onto the world is us. It's not, something, it's not just a statue. It's not just history. It's not just a, a moray or our view of how we, uh, how we believe that criminal justice uh, should be uh, applied to, the, to society. Those things are us. And when we begin to defend those things as personal attacks on ourselves and from that place of love, we do it then with righteous indignation. We do it with passion. And that is, at its very core, what is finally overcoming the hesitancy in so much of the white population to run afoul of this social moray, this, this anti-white immoral moral imperative that it's wrong, it's immoral to prevent the victimization of white people because, insert of all the reasons thereafter, it is. Well, the real reason is, Jason, that if you don't keep white people down, they will grow and prosper and dominate. They've got to do some something to handicap us. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is, going back to the fundamentals, the fact that even by so-called conservative institutions uh, like the RNC and the Southern Baptist Convention, that every race has a right to exist and be proud of who they are and acknowledge their ancestors and their culture, except for whites, that's just not going to fly. Keep, that, keep, that, keep those cards and letters and money rolling into the Southern Baptist well, Church. That's just, I'm just, that's just two examples. I mean, you could have a lot more. But I, I've got two questions for you, Jason, uh, 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 very quickly. Uh, we only have nine minutes remaining. How fast is this hour going with Jason Kuna? That's what an interview with him can do. Uh, but I gotta, if time permits, and it's, it's really getting tight now, I have to give you some credit here as well. Harrison Smith of InfoWars, this is a, one of the – shows on Alex Jones Networks, uh, obviously. Uh, He uh, went on air a few days ago and uh, commented that AI, artificial intelligence, has an anti-white bias and will lead to white erasure. Jason, white erasure, you... That's your comment. There is nobody else that has ever said that that I know of than you, and that has entered into the popular consciousness. Bravo. Well, There are no no royalties being paid to him. Should be. (laughs) No, that's it's it's the work of this community, uh, the the outreach team and the solo actors. Uh, they're the ones who are making it happen. It's the the folks in y'all's community that are expanding it 
where they end up seeing. And I know there's some contention when it comes to the uh, concept uh, white erasure in, in some circles uh, uh, versus some other, some other comments that have not been uh, successful in the past, some other concepts that are, that is. But uh, this is demonstrating that these concepts work, that normal folks like Donald Trump Jr. can very easily get messages from our community, from you know, like our outreach team, Jason, and repeat that's the things. thing. Exactly. Jo- Donald Trump Jr. went from soliciting, and well, excuse me, I, I want to give plausible deniability here, but it, it, the, the, the record is uh, that the Donald Trump campaign of 2016 solicited an interview for Donald Trump Jr. on this radio program, and he gave a great interview, and we had a great time. Uh, but then the campaign ran from it. But it went from that in 2016 to him saying the exact same things that you're saying, Jason. Yeah, see, I mean, that is after incredible. That, after that came out, I mean, they ran like a scalded dog from James, but now they're embracing <laughs> well they're well if not embracing they're certainly saying a lot of the same things and that that's you know that's the thing that matters jason not who gets the credit not who's friends with who the fact that our cause wins our people win uh and i've got one more thing for you uh, along those lines uh i guess i i should say but the fact that you know alex jones's network is now using the term white erasure which is, as far as i'm concerned is a trademark uh and copyright hmm. of jason kuna and no white org. Uh, but last week, I, I just saw this, and I guess this is good. <laughs> I saw this is good news. Uh, the headline is that Russia added uh, Senator Lindsey Graham to its terrorist and extremist list. <laughs> uh, so, you know, apparently Russia has a list of only 12,000 individuals that are d- declared to be uh, terrorists and extremists. The SPLC has many, many, many times more than that. In fact, I have to go to the SPLC list every year to make sure everybody's getting a Christmas card from us. And, of course, Jason, you and Keith are on that list. But uh, in any <laughs> event... The fact that Russia has added Lindsey Graham to its terrorist list is, uh, uh, I, I take a little schadenfreude in that. Uh, but no. last week we had Sam Dixon on, and it was a, a an expert two-hour conversation mm. on the Vladimir Putin-Tucker uh, Carlson interview. And i got to ask you, Jason, because you are a commentator par excellence, uh, if you're conducting that interview with Putin, where do you go? Wow, great, great question. Uh, I would have I would have done that completely differently uh, than than Tucker ended up doing. I thought he was he looked amateurish at best. He wow. was out of his league, and uh, in in my opinion, with Putin, uh, he and, missed opportunities uh, to strike uh, gold for us. You know, uh, I would have asked, and let me see. No, 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 we already know what you were going to ask. No, the thing is, he gave <laughs> us a uh, skinny about what. Uh, why Russia feels that they should have a claim on Ukraine. I would wish to have asked him, who do you think is driving our involvement in Ukraine? All right, all right. But, Jason, what would you have asked? (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think that I I definitely would have been much more uh, respectful. I'm not a Putin fan. Putin has been in office and in power in Russia, it, it feels like, for generations and he's never said anything about our victimization, which means that he must condone it to some degree, uh, or the other powers that he contends with. Uh, are you think Orban has of, been better? You think Victor Orban's been better because he has mentioned specifically the the, the nature of of the white race? Yes, yeah, without question. P- Putin could have very easily used that opportunity. His primary argument is the Russian people, naturally. Secondary uh, 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 target Only audience. Only fifty-two percent white. 
Surely yeah, it's got to yeah, be more than that. No, it's all, you take in all these Soviet uh, satellites. Well, I don't think of them as when I think of Russian, but, it, but who knows? <laughs> well, uh, he could have used the victimization of the white race, uh, the founding stock of, of the West. He could have used this discrimination, this persecution, which is blatant and tangible, to driven home a, uh, an argument about the immorality of the system across the West that would have had an effect in the states. It would have radically changed things. I think he probably didn't because the, these other anti-white oligarchs in the world, that might have been a, a bridge too far, and he's already in, uh, in quite a competition with them over where the border is going to be relative to, uh, to Russia. So I, I think that he's – I would have – if I had been in, in Tucker's position, I probably would have uh, driven – for his opinion on that discrimination on Western kind across the West, but also in the United States, and well, see, his Bricks, opinion on that persecution. Jason Bricks, for example, is a perfect example. The Iranians don't have any trouble identifying themselves as Muslim and Arab. The Chinese have no problem <laughs> identifying themselves as being for the Han Chinese. But the one white guy in the group is too coy to identify his base mm. and you know that, mm. that that's that's a perennial problem cropping up again what do you well, think it's part of part of the anti-white narrative and what we have the victimization that has been inflicted on us this this white guilt compels us to disavow all our to disavow our well-being to disavow our children's well-being to disavow the well-being of our elderly to disavow our creations and then they wonder at the end of the day how it is that anti-whites are able to say to us, you have no culture, and white people have nothing to say in response. Well, you've disavowed it all so that you wouldn't hurt the feelings or feel bad or offend this uh, social morality that is the anti-white immoral or, or uh, catch flag. imperative. Sorry? Or catch flag, basically. You know, yeah, or yeah, you exactly, stand up for white people, they will be vilified. Precisely because of the breach Everybody of the, the sort of moral code. And that's where, that's where, as I see, we got like a minute, I guess, left. That's where uh, the the real the real fight is. That's the the intellectual battle, the moral battle, is at the the moral imperative. Anti-whiteism is a psychological warfare. That's what it is. It has undermined our churches. It's undermined our lodges, our governance. Uh, it's gaslighting. It's basically making us feel guilty about something we should feel no guilt for. Nowhitegilt.org. That's it. Jason, final word to you. we got about 30 seconds. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. My, I and my community are doing all sm our small part, and uh, we are proud to be able to be a part of a, a wider resistance to our victimization. God bless the both of you and Sam uh, Bushman as well and this entire audience. Hey, no small part from you, my friend, uh, but it is all in part of a cause greater than ourselves, uh, our greater collective, and thank you for doing the part that you do. And we're all in this together, and it's keep great to have you tonight. Keep your shoulder to the wheel. <laughs> Amen. Jason Kuna, everybody. NoWhiteGuilt.org. Catch his YouTube show every Saturday afternoon, early evening. And, uh, again, all the information is there at NoWhiteGuilt.org. Love you, Jason. Talk to you again soon. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to revisit the TPC at 20 retrospective series our interview with Anthony Coombe. Stay tuned.